This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Time for our regular fortnightly corridor with Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins who joins us on the line now. Morena, Aaron, nice to have you with us again. Kia ora, good morning. A couple of things to kind of back capture, I guess, since last we spoke, well, of course, the, uh, the Dunedin City Council's been meeting to discuss the draft annual plan for 22-23. Also, of course, we've seen Waitangi Day come and go, and uh, while the city's celebrations of that, in terms of its uh, official celebrations anyway, pretty much cancelled for understandable reasons. Um, I thought, though, that we'd maybe just uh, ask you to comment a little bit about uh, Waitangi Day, its significance to you and the council, and, and more importantly, how uh, in 2022, we see you know the partnership reflected. Yeah, as, as you say, sadly, uh, Waitangi Day commemorations up and down the Motu have been scuppered by uh, COVID-19 uh, protections that we that we currently uh, live under, and, and that was a shame. But it is uh, always an opportunity uh, for us to reflect. Uh, personally and 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 professionally on the on the the treaty partnership and and where we are at uh, as a as a bicultural nation on that journey and and certainly um, we've been doing a, a lot of uh, self reflection as an organisation at the at the, at the city council in, in recent times around uh, how that. A treaty partnership expresses itself at a local level and, and what that means uh, for our relationship, uh, particularly with uh, with Manapenua, with our, our local Runaka uh, out at, at Karatane and, and Otako. And uh, an expression of that uh, was the decision Council made by overwhelming majority last year to appoint uh, Runaka representatives to two of our standing committees. We asked them which, uh, which uh, parts of... Uh, of our structure they were most interested in and, and our Planning Environment Committee and Infrastructure Services Committee unsurprisingly uh, were their key areas of focus and, and those uh, those members will join us albeit remotely at our, at our committee rounds uh, next week and that's a really exciting uh, uh, point for us. Um, but then more visibly I guess over the, the weekend of Waitangi Day uh, for the first time, uh, from uh, from the balcony in the civic centre, we flew uh, flags uh, of the two marae uh, side by side um, as a as a visible way of of uh, recognising and and uh, and highlighting uh, the ongoing building of that relationship and, and the strength of that relationship. And I want to acknowledge uh, the the generosity of. Of the Runaka and and helping us work through that and and letting us uh, fly them uh, from the balcony over over Waitangi weekend. Well, let's hope that in 2023 we can more uh, collectively get together to celebrate that important day. Um, uh, fingers crossed on all of that. Um, so let's turn our attention to some of the discussions that have been happening around the draft annual plan. I'm just picking out a couple of points from it. Um, one of uh, the decisions, <coughs> excuse me, one of the decisions made uh, was to defer any decision uh, in relation to uh, playgrounds in the city, whether we're looking at one big destination playground or or a commitment to developing um, existing 
infrastructure in smaller ones. Um, tell us about that decision. Yeah, and, and I think it's an argument you can make either way, whether you would uh, spend a significant amount of money in one part of the city to develop um, a, a destination uh, attraction uh, as a as a playground, or whether, uh, as was um, as was canvassed in the report that came to council, whether you would take uh, three existing sites. Uh, and, and their suggestions were at Hall Gardens, at the Memorial Gardens in Bosque, uh, and at, and at uh, Marlow Park, as it is infrequently known, the Dinosaur Park, uh, out in out in St Kilda, and, and spread that investment and do different things uh, in in those three areas. Uh, the, the environment that they are in, uh, and and like I said at the meeting, I think you can make pretty good arguments for either of those approaches, but it, I was conscious of the fact that uh, we haven't um, we haven't asked the community which of those uh, they would prefer, uh, and I think when you're talking about um, developments like this, I, I don't know I don't know about you, but I, I can't tell you what six million dollars spent at Marlow Park would look like or $2 million spent at the Waterhall Gardens would look like. So uh, we've asked staff um, to do some work on uh, basically what are some high-level concepts um, for those options uh, and and what's the plan for being able to take that out uh, to the uh, to the community and, and get a sense of uh, where they would like to see us go. I mean, there's no... Uh, currently, there's no budget for for building it. This is all sort of preliminary work uh, that will be um, the funding uh, part of it will be decided through future uh, through future budget rounds. But they are significant community assets, uh, as we know. And and this is important to note that this is on top of uh, the current 10-year budget uh, allocation that we're spending at the moment, uh, upgrading uh, you know, neighbourhood uh, playgrounds and skate parks around the city. Um, but you know they are significant assets that people have very strong connections to and strong feelings about, and, and people deserve the opportunity to to participate in that process. So we can expect city administrators to have a process of consultation around that, and what a report back to council. Yeah, there will there'll be a report back to council sooner rather than later, but certainly no no later than uh, our our budget deliberations meeting in May that would set out. You know what this might look like, and 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 what the, the community engagement would look like. Aaron, we've spoken before about the impacts of the COVID nineteen pandemic on our uh, arts uh, scene and all our practitioners. Um, the DCC voted to investigate how adding a small charge to tickets for visiting uh, groups to the city could help fund something of a war chest to help uh, the city's live music venues. Yeah, and again, not a, a new or novel idea. It's it's something that has been uh, that has played out in in other parts of the world, but it's effectively using you know, big touring shows um, that come through the through the stadium when we're allowed to have big touring shows coming through the stadium again, or or even potentially through the town hall uh, and and charging an extra dollar or two. That's the, the kind of ballpark that we're talking about here. Uh, on top of tickets to those shows uh, that would then go to support. Uh, uh, our smaller local music venues. As you say, it's been a tough couple of years for that sector. It's a marginal business at the best of times trying to operate, uh, trying to operate a venue. 
but there's no point in, in investing the way that we do in attracting uh, big touring stadium shows to the city and all of for all the benefit that that brings us uh, if we don't have a, a, a strong uh, local uh, music community. And, and had we had something similar uh, like this, uh, we would have had um, upwards of a, a million plus uh, to spend, and that would have probably been quite helpful in the last couple of years. So um, uh, a, a, a bit late uh, in terms of the current situation, uh, but certainly we need to be thinking creatively about uh, how we support our, our creative communities, of which the, uh, our musicians and technicians are, are certainly one one part of that, uh, how we help them uh, rebuild uh, when we get through the, the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, so that also gets considered, what, when you come back for annual plan deliberations in May? Uh, th- this is, is slightly trickier in that it's not a decision for us to make. So we've asked the, the holdings company to work with uh, Dunedin Venues Management Limited to, to, to work up options that, uh, that they will uh, report back to us. Um, but we don't, uh, we don't have the, we can't direct them. Uh, to do it, but uh, we can't direct the, the the venues company to do that. But we're certainly looking at um, at options from them again uh, in, in that similar time frame, uh, hopefully by May. To uh, another project now, and this is a highly anticipated cycling trail from Dunedin to Mosgill. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's a step closer, perhaps. Yeah, the 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 tunnels trail. Uh, project uh, connecting basically connecting the city centre to the Tairi through the uh, now disused Cavisham and Wingatui tunnels. Uh, a discussion, as you suggest, that has been going on for uh, quite some time and uh, historically has been held up by uh, work that needs to be done to upgrade our our water infrastructure. And and we've, um, we've staff have found a way to be able to progress those two things in parallel, which is. Uh, which is really exciting. Uh, so uh, rather than kicking off in 2025, 26, uh, around about then, um, there's, the, there's the possibility now that uh, that project will be finished by then. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's one of the, the few significant decisions that was made in the, the draft annual plan budget meeting was to bring forward effectively the, the, uh, the timing of money that is already in the budget for the urban cycleways program, uh, but also, as is often the case, when, when you move from doing high-level scoping exercises uh, a, a number of years ago to doing more detailed work in the current environment, uh, the budget was uh, was insufficient to be able to progress that work. And so Council's decision in the draft budget is to uh, increase the amount of money that's available, uh, to, to spend that money sooner so that that project can be uh, can be uh, finished uh, sooner, and that is, you know, it, it's a question of priorities, and it is at the expense of uh, of other bits and pieces in the in the network that uh, haven't uh, that won't be done as a result of that. But it is a a significant opportunity uh, for not just for for commuters, and we know that the bulk of our commuter traffic comes in from the south, and it's a formidable task uh, asking someone to. Uh, bike in from uh, from Mosgiel or or thereabouts, uh, but also for the recreational asset um, for people in, in in evenings and weekends and so on. Uh, it also 
uh, doesn't exist in a vacuum. So as part of the wider uh, investment in the transport network, we're building uh, park and ride facilities in, in Moscow and, and at Burnside. Uh, so you know, if, if you're out in Outram, for example, uh, there's no, uh, there's not necessarily the the expectation that you need to make it all the way into town. You can bike to uh, to Moscow or or to Burnside and uh, and lock your bike up there and and catch a bus in or or whatever. So it's looking at how all those uh, those parts of the puzzle fit together in terms of providing a greater choice and flexibility for people um, as they move about the city. Speaking of tunnels, I did have to check the masthead on the Otago Daily Times um, yesterday, was it? Uh, Councillor Jim O'Malley suggesting a tunnel in the central city. Um, it wasn't 1st of April. Um, this uh, We've talked at length before uh, about the, the one-way system debate, but uh, just your immediate response to such a suggestion? Well, our, I mean, our conversations... Uh, continue having constructive discussions with Wakotahi um, on the basis of a council's resolution, which is effectively that we don't think the status quo best serves uh, our wider well-being ambitions, uh, and and we want to take up the alternative model um, that they have um, that they have produced as the starting point uh, for that for that discussion. So council doesn't have a view uh, on uh, on a preferred layout. Um, but look, if, if we had the best part of it, if we had the lion's share of half a billion dollars available to us for investing in uh, the city's transport network, I'm not sure that uh, a, a tunnel for two blocks uh, in the city centre would be the highest priority for spending that. All right. Anything else that came out of um, the deliberations over um, the last week or two uh, that uh, you want to share with us that you're proud of getting past? Um and into action on? Uh, nothing, nothing hugely significant. I mean, it, it is, I mean, but ultimately we're getting on with doing what we agreed to do during the 10-year plan and, and, uh, and the annual plan is, is, a, is in the two years um, between 10-year plans is an opportunity for, uh, for uh, amending that or, or making exceptions to that and, and essentially we haven't. Um, so you know we're getting on with the, the capital program uh, that we agreed uh, with our community last year, and, and all of the various projects uh, that that's going on. It's encouraging uh, to see that we'll get uh, we can, that we can budget for five and a half million dollars by way of dividends from the holdings company. That hasn't happened for uh, for some time, and is is helpful in terms of taking the pressure off uh, the rates burden. One thing I did want to flag with people though. Uh, is um, and we talk about playgrounds a lot, but uh, also uh, that that wider work includes our, our local skate parks, and 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 some of them are, are truly iconic and have been in need of some love and attention for some time. Uh, the the first of the well, the next of those is uh, is the the iconic Mornington skate park, home of the blood bucket, as it's colloquially known, but. <laughs> Um, the, we're doing an initial, there's an initial survey that's open now through until the 18th of February uh, and um, looking, basically asking people for high level input at this stage just so that we can make sure we're on the right track from the earlier stage of that redesign work. But uh, really exciting to, to see some of that work uh, kick off and, and will eventually you know, work its way uh, around the city. But uh, I know it's, uh, it's a facility that's near and dear to 
uh, skaters young and not so young, uh, and and certainly would encourage people to uh, to chuck their two cents in at this point. All right, just uh, just quickly then, you know, when when this kind of thing happens, when you are calling for some response from the community, the ways to give that feedback and people hop online, look at what the DC is consulting on uh, from the from websites and so forth. Can they give the council a call? How do they do that? Yeah, you can you can navigate your way through the through the website. There's a there's a page on DCC's website uh, called currently consulting on, but. Uh, people wouldn't find I've got links to to those uh, up on on my uh, social media pages if that's easier for people. But yeah, again, if if anyone's uh, stuck, you can always call the uh, call the the council on four seven seven four thousand. All right, Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins, uh, once again, very much appreciate the time you've given us this morning. Look forward to catching up with you again in a fortnight. Thanks, Jeff. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.